Welcome to this fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Soul Chicago, along with Miss Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X, and I can't swim again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Be sure to follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Makina will get the up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid, I'm giving Lakina full powers to give you fools to be a lamb boot. But before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago live in Living Color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC, just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. And we will provide. I hope you guys had a great long Thanksgiving day weekend. We got a lot to catch up on here on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll do um, uh, the rest of the NFL Week 12. And, of course, we'll preview Bears and Vikings coming up tonight for Monday night. And of course, you know, Bulls. Okay. Uh, and the week in the NBA. Also, uh, some college football as rivalry week. You know, we got some great matchups. Um, you know, to, to recap and also, you know, with other rivalries as well. Some college hoops and time permitting old school TV Monday. But first, of course, since, since the Bears don't play till Monday night, we're going to save them for last as they uh, should be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Let's get rid- let's start with the rest of the uh well let's just start with the Thanksgiving days first because we didn't get a chance to preview some of these Thanksgiving Day games. Um the the Packers upset the Lions 29-22. I think that kind of I think that's probably the one game that you know you, Christine, and myself got wrong. But uh that was really like one of those games mm-hmm. where you kind of didn't know what was uh you really didn't didn't know what was gonna happen. But uh, of course Jordan Love uh, threw for uh, 268 yards and three TDs. Also, Jared Goff had uh, threw for 332 yards and two TDs as well for the Lions. But it was really the Packers' defense that was a big story here in, in the first this, this first Thanksgiving Day game. And also, too, Jordan Love came out on fire. He was very aggressive early, uh, hitting his targets like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. And so they got ahead of the Lions 20-6 to after the first quarter. And Detroit did 
get back into it uh, in that second half. But the Packers, I thought, set that tone uh, at, in the first quarter, and that's what carried them throughout the game. But Lakina, I'll just say this real quick by Detroit. I think they still a very good team in the NFC, but I thought their scare was coming. I thought that their Bears game, that was their quote-unquote scare. They escaped it coming back from 12 points down to win that one last Sunday. But uh, the Packers showed them something last Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. I think the Lions will, will – uh, obviously, they'll win the division. They'll make it to the playoffs. But uh, hopefully they'll learn that lesson because defensively, especially in that secondary, it got torched, especially in that first quarter. And the offense, as we get outside that Bears game, when they trail by more than 15 points, they cannot come back. So and they, they're better playing with the lead in, in the head. So hopefully the Lions have learned their lesson. They did get their two scares in these past two games. Yeah, golf was uh, sacked three times by Rashad Gray, who was uh, who actually was uh, injured during this game last year. So uh, Rashawn Gary, I should say. So yeah, so he had a uh, he had a pretty solid game himself. His first game coming back from ACL surgery. So uh, it, like I said, the defense kind of propelled them in that game. But uh, you know, th this was actually a really. Uh, but like I said, I think Detroit is still one of the top teams in the NFC. I, I think this is one of those games where you kind of like, you know, get that scare out. You saw, if you heard Dan Campbell's comments after the game, you thought, well, yeah, you know, we were just outplayed and, and, I'm, and I'm glad he kind of admitted that, but look, give the Packers credit after a slow start, you know, after that bears, that first bears game, the first game of the season, now they're five and six and they're right in the thick of it in the wild card race. Yeah. So you cannot pack, count out the Packers out just yet. The second game that Thanksgiving day, they scheduled saw the Dallas Cowboys continue their dominance over sub 500 teams as they defeated the Washington Commanders at home 45 10. That press got 331 yards and four touchdown passes. Tony Pollard ran the ball hard for the Cowboys 13 times with 79 yards and a score. Uh, Curtis Samuel for the for the Washington Commanders was only their standout player on offense. Nine catches for 100 yards. Lakina, the fifth pick six of the season for Mr. Duran Bland. Uh, what's the story here as the Cowboys defense dominated? Uh, once again, uh, over the commanders. Yeah, and if you heard uh, uh, Jim Nance's uh, call, I wish he had a clip of that because that was a really look. I mean, we'll, we'll give him a little bit bonus, both men a, a bonus uh, studs, and we'll do our studs and duds later on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was all Cowboys all the time, and they were really, you know, Washington didn't really have an answer. Uh, they fired Jack Del Rio, their uh, defensive coordinator. I don't know if that'll help, but. You, you know, you got to think that after giving up 45 points, he thought that that was going to be kind of like the, the nail in the coffin for for that part of the uh, the team. But, yeah, I mean, that, that Bland, uh, that was just a great, you know, fifth pick six, which is probably, which is, you know, by Bland, who was a rookie, by the way, you know, which is actually, which is weird because if you saw once they started, you know, having the pick six as, as stats, you thought that, that, you know, the record would be more than that. But, yeah, number five is actually the record. He actually now has a record. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, look, Dak did his thing, you know, threw for four TDs. Um, Pollard had a rushing TD uh, as well. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks each, each had their TD touches. So, uh, an overall dominant performance by the Cowboys. Look, we know they do well against the teams that are not great. I want to see how they do against some of the top teams. You know, they failed against Philadelphia in their first meet. So, we'll see what happens once they get closer and closer. It gets a little bit tougher for them in the schedule. Yeah, this coming Thursday, Dallas will host Seattle. And, of course, next week, I believe they play Philadelphia. So that's what their schedule looks like in the next two weeks. In the Thanksgiving night night cap, the San Francisco 49ers defeated their division rival Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 31-13. Brock Purdy, 209 yards passing with a touchdown and interception. 
Christian McCaffrey, 19 carries for 114 yards and two touchdowns. My guy, Debo Samuel, who helped me out big time on my fantasy team, seven catches for 79 yards. Yeah, I mean, again, another sort of dominant performance. You thought that maybe you thought that, that maybe Seattle was going to catch up a little bit, but you know, they, they they were dug too big of a hole. So, you know, I think we owe the 49ers an apology because mm-hmm. we all thought that the 49ers a couple of weeks ago were kind of left for dead. and thought, oh, they'll, Seattle's going to come back and pass them. But, look, Purdy did his thing. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will start a will start a new TD streak. <laughs> uh, you know, rushing for 114 yeah. yards and two TDs. You know, Debo, you know, guys such as Brandon Ayuk, guys such as Soa, and again we got another uh, defensive uh, TD. So uh, all three Thanksgiving mm-hmm. games, day games had a uh, had a defensive TD. So uh, you know, of course, you know, um, Jonathan Owens, who actually is Simone Biles' uh, uh, husband, by the way, he got that his first is a uh, he had a scoop and score uh, there. Uh, of course, we talk about Deron Brand. Also, too, uh, Jordan Brooks had one uh, there for the Seahawks, but it was a losing effort there. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think the 49ers, I think they've kind of submitted. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's a team in Philadelphia will have something to say about that, after, especially after what happened uh, yesterday. But uh, another good performance mm-hmm. for the 49ers. I mean, look, the 49ers, they're 8-3 and three, uh, right now. I think it, the schedule kind of set up for them pretty well for the most part. You know, after after Thursday game, I mean, they, they play uh, Philadelphia yesterday. That's, that's a huge game. Uh, for them, then it got Seattle and, and Arizona and Baltimore, which could be a Super Bowl preview. We'll see, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, they've got a lot to do still. But yeah, I think I think uh, San Fran is showing you why. Hey, look, we're we're still like one of the top teams in the NFC. Yeah, three no since that bye week, they dominated Jacksonville in Jacksonville. They took care of Tampa Bay last week, uh, two weeks ago, and then like you mentioned on Thanksgiving night, uh, they take they, they take care of the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle could be in trouble here. Remember, they were in trouble around this time last year. They uh, made a late season run to get into the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to be the same story, but uh, we'll see what happens as we head into the month of December. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going into uh, the Black Friday game. Uh, just for the record, uh, our girl Christy Magnum character, we actually gained a game because uh, I forgot the, I forgot this game was even on. I'll be honest. I was watching college football. We'll talk about that later on the show. But, uh, I was watching this for free. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, you're one of the lucky ones there. But uh, 34, 34 13, I should say, uh, the Dolphins beat the Jets. You know, no trouble with them. You had a Tua had 243 yards, a TD pass, and well, actually he was able to overcome two interceptions, but you know, where he most had uh two t- rushing TDs on the flip side, Tim Boyle, who got the start from uh for the Jets, had two interceptions through uh through 179 yards and a TD. But it was a a pick six going the other way right near the <laughs> right near the end of the, in the first half of that game. And that, geez, I think that kind of broke the game over because you thought that maybe, just maybe the Jets would have a shot. They were going down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javon Holland said, uh, no, no, he goes 90 yards the other way. So, uh, Sid, I mean, you know, Miami goes to 8-3. and three. The Jets are, you can tell by Robert Sala's kind of faces, all the memes that are being made of him. That was just, he, he seems like a broken man, I think, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, then he quote a famous rapper, you don't have any haters, uh, you ain't popping, something to that mm-hmm. effect. Yeah, something well, like you got that, a whole yeah. lot of haters and critics in this some now because uh, this is what happens when you, when you don't have Aaron Rodgers in that defense, uh, it, you know, bend but do not break. Well, it, it broke on Friday. It's been breaking for the last few weeks. Uh, now they don't have a, a valuable quarterback, Zach uh, I forget his Wilson, name, but Zach anyway, Wilson. Wilson, thank you. That's how he's yeah. been playing this year. But he's now <laughs> downgraded to the third string quarterback. That that is just terrible. No running game. And, and I, you know, my heart 
and no pun intended, goes out to Garrett Wilson, their wide receiver. Had a good year last year. Uh, you thought his prospects was up this year, of course, when they added Aaron Rodgers. But his talent, at least for this year, is gone to waste because the Jets have no quarterback. And for the Dolphins, once again, uh, they're in a driver's seat in the AFC East division. We'll get to the other teams on the flip side of this break. But uh, the schedule sets up well for the Dolphins in the month of December. Yes, they have a couple of tough games, especially at home with that one against Dallas, I believe, in about three weeks or so. Uh, they'll be tested again. But the Dolphins set, set themselves well in better position, better position, unlike a year ago when Tua was hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a good, not interesting setup for, for that front. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, they were just supposed to against a team that's not very good. Now, you want to try to do one more game before we go to break? Uh, uh, well, let's, uh, let, let's take it. Yeah, let's take it here and then. We'll do the we'll do the uh, Sunday games and then we'll get into the preview of the tonight's Bears Vikings. All right, sounds good. Okay, so we're gonna take the, take a really quick break and we're gonna go through the rest of the NFL uh, Week Twelve slate, including some pretty interesting, uh, interesting, surprising results and uh, some lost opportunities. Of course, we'll preview Bears and Vikings, you know, tonight and uh, a whole lot more. So, and also, of course, our studs and duds. Uh, more NFL talk coming up next. Coming up next, Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports, uh, Sports Hill, Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to this fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can always follow me your follow me on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. You follow Lakina again on the Twitter X. I can't scroll again. The IG. We have eight and five minutes left to solve this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid. Uh, let's go to the AFC North here. You got the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, Start off with the Sunday uh, games from yesterday. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw for 278 yards. Uh, but you know, Jay Brown in his first start, you know, for the for the Bengals and a place of Joe Burrow, 227 yards and a TD. Um, still a lot of trouble scoring. So this is your typical AFC North showdown showdown. But the Steelers beat the the Bengals 16 to 10. They got rid of Matt Ken. I'm talking about the Steelers did. Uh, they got over 400 yards in total offense, but they still <laughs> had trouble scoring. Well, yeah, look, I mean, they hadn't done that this season. That's one of the reasons why uh, Canada got the boot. So. Uh, but you know now, of course, you're still having those same issues with they move the ball well, but they just haven't been able to convert those into touchdowns. Yeah, if it wasn't for Steelers running game, uh, the, this team would be four and seven instead of seven and four. Uh, let's let's be honest here, and like you said, that office is uh, of the Steelers is putrid to watch right now. Now, on the flip side, defensively, they've been great all year, despite their injuries, especially in that secondary. But yesterday, it was a it was like pulling teeth watching some of that game. I was watching. Uh, the Jaguars in, in Texas game. We'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, the Steelers' offense were saved by them running the ball yesterday, in particular Najee Harris, 15 carries for 99 yards and the only touchdown for Pittsburgh. Uh, Jalen Warren, who, who I picked up in my fantasy league, thank goodness he didn't hurt me because uh, he struggled yesterday. He had a fumble early in the game. I'm sure that's why Mike, Mike Tomlin didn't uh, give him any carries toward the later stages of the game. But as we said before, the Bengals are in trouble. They're five and six. Joe Burrow's out for the year, and I, I don't see any way they they can recover. And the Steelers are sitting in the driver's seat right now, uh, fighting for one of those uh, wild card spots in the AFC. <laughs> no matter how we like it or not like it, they right and think of things in the AFC wild card race. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they were able to you know, have the record that they have and you know the office you know looking. So yeah, yeah, I think that the the other teams you know have been you know messed up and you know and the unfortunate portion for the Bengals they you know messed up a lot yesterday. Speaking of the uh, Jags uh, Texans game, I actually watched this game during you know via this uh, lovely computer screen here. Uh, Same here. Thrill. <laughs> yeah, Jags uh, just held off uh, the Texans twenty four twenty one. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw for uh, a touchdown at 364 yards and an interception. CJ Stroud uh, had two uh, t- threw for two TDs and a rushing TD. Uh, actually, with that rushing TD, uh, had a nice little uh, celebration with the reference to the movie Baby Boy, which, of course, uh, I, as I expected, uh, Matt Ryan and a few others didn't get it. So uh, you have to watch Baby <laughs> Boy to, uh, to actually get that reference from that infamous scene. But uh, 
you know, we'll probably we'll talk about that another time. But uh, on the you know, it was really like the big plays late. I mean, uh, the uh, the Texas, unfortunately, you know, it was a missed field goal. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that you could have forced into overtime. That didn't happen. And now the the Jags are in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Yeah, this is an important win for Jacksonville because they lost to Houston at home early in the season and then got dominated at home. So this was an important win for Jacksonville. This was an important performance for Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't been playing well all season long. He's been treading water at best, but he kind of broke out yesterday, as you, you mentioned. Travis Etienne, I thought he was going to do a little bit better. I have on my fantasy team, but that's besides the point. But he has 56 uh, total rushing yards off for 20 carries. On the flip side, Lakina for Houston, uh, besides CJ Star, can we start calling Nico Collins and Tank Dale the best young wide receiver tandem in the league? Yeah, they're definitely. Maybe I'm just stretching it here, but I can't find anybody better right now, Tom, as far as young wide receiver cores uh, around the National Football League. Yeah, definitely uh, one of those, probably one of the, uh, the top uh, young duos, receiving duos in the in mm-hmm. the in the league that you're probably not getting too much about. So. Uh, yeah, that was a you know that was a really good performance and a losing effort there. But look, I, I think look, I'll I'll get to my studs and does. But uh, yeah, there was one guy that actually lost the game for them, and uh, you know it wasn't CJ Stroud, it wasn't even the defense. The defense actually did what they were supposed to do, just couldn't make the you know the plays like to keep uh, the Jags out of the end zone. But you know it is what it is. But yeah, the Jags you know got a much needed win against the divisional opponent and got their revenge from earlier this year. All right, let's head up to the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New. Jersey as the New York Giants somehow, some way hauled off the hold off the New England Patriots by the score of 10-7. Uh, Tommy DeVito, the former Illini star, the starting quarterback for the New York Giants, 191 yards passing and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots, 21 carries 98 yards, 98 yards in the only touchdown for New England. Uh Jalen Hyatt for the Giants had five catches for 109 yards. Lakina. You're talking about watching paint dry. This game was it. The only time I saw clips of this game was when I had uh, Red Zone on this big screen TV uh, <laughs> uh, behind me. If you guys watching on uh, front of me, if you guys watching on YouTube, you can't see it. But that was the only time I saw Patriots Giants. Uh, I felt sorry for Kenny Albert Jonathan Vilma yesterday. Yesterday we had to call that game for Fox. Yeah, that was just a that was just brutal. I mean, I, that was just a you know, Devito got sacked six times and. Look, his family is like the you know, the, the sweetest. We saw his parents, uh, Lexi and uh, Tom Senior. I mean, they were just, you know, they they were doing this celebration, you know, before the game. Uh, the rest of his family, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a, I, I don't know what that is, but uh, you know, he was he did that after he you know he scored that that in the you know being the only touchdown for the Giants. And I'm like, okay, that was a little, that's a, okay, but uh, I, I'm over the Matt Jones experiments. I mean, you know, two interceptions. They brought in Bailey Zappi. He didn't do much better. It, it was just a, ugh, it was just a, just a terrible game to watch. It's just absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, and Bill, so. yeah, and Bill Belichick walked out of his uh, pr- press conference yesterday. <laughs> Someone asked him about the quarterback situation. I don't know if he caught that, but uh, he instead of giving his traditional "I don't care" answer, he just walked out. <laughs> well, it looks like he might be uh, getting his he might be getting his pink slip and late cardio coming up. Well, I'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the page. All the two and nine, so uh, just ugh, just as brutal there. Uh, but into uh, it, a little more exciting game. Uh, shout out to our buddy Spiro Diaz who had the call for this game for CBS. Uh, the Colts told off the Bucks, um, 27 20. Gardner Minshew had uh, two through for 251 yards, had a rushing uh, TD. Also, uh, Jonathan Taylor had a uh, two rushing TDs and 91 yards on the flip side for uh. 
for the box breaker Mayfield got a little banged up. You know, of course, he was sacked six times. You know, you know that he, ankle injury. Uh, two for two TDs and in interception. Uh, Rashad uh, White had a hundred rushing had a rushing yards. Mike Evans had only six receptions. That's not good. Uh, you know, but Mike Michael Pittman Jr. was the star there for the Colts in this game. Now they're six and five. I'm not gonna say the Colts are. Look, I'm not gonna say that the Colts are gonna be right there for the uh for the wild card. But it kind of feels like you know that 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 team you know is really playing very well. And I think you know that that's a they should definitely get some credit for it for you know for being able to hang on here. And now, not only that overall, let's give Gardner Minshew credit. We saw him as. Uh, he filled in as a starting quarterback a few years ago with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he, he, it was kind of up in the air. He's done a nice job this year filling in for the uh, injured rookie starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson. And on the flip side of that, that Colts defense uh, has been outstanding these last couple of weeks. So like you said, they're in the thick of it. I don't know that they're going to make it because they're, uh, there's still a few teams ahead of them, obviously. But uh, th- this Colts team is not a team to be looked looked over uh, anymore. So uh, the head coach has them playing hard, and so and you've seen the results of it. Now for Tampa Bay, real quick, you mentioned Mike Gavis. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Rashard Wright really uh, really saved that Buccaneers offense with a, with his 100-yard rushing performance. But that Buccaneers offense in that first half, the putrid only, and they were lucky to only put up 10 points. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty uh, bad uh, uh, showing by them in the first half. They did try to make it a game of it, but it was just you know too little, too late. You think St- Shane Stitching? You think he's uh, could be one up up there for uh, Coach of the Year? If the Colts make the playoffs, yes. Mm, yeah, he definitely done a great job with that, especially you know, losing Anthony Richardson and, and everything else. But yeah, they've got a really solid team there. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way with them. Uh, in the NFC South, you got Atlanta beating the Saints to 24-15. Again, not really the flashiest game on the schedule, but they you know, Desmond Ritter threw for 168 yards. Uh, two receptions, you know, overcame that, but uh, at a TV, uh, at a TV pass, uh, Bijan Robinson, you know, Fee Bijan had a uh, had a touchdown, a rushing touchdown and 91 rushing yards. It was really that. It was really the uh, the run uh, the run that kind of helped them rush for 228 total yards and on the on the run. So. Uh, they kept you know, the Saints off the field, and the Saints just couldn't get it going on offense for the most part. Yeah, Derek Carr got banged around a little bit there. He, I know he had 304 yards passing, and he threw the only pick of the game, which turned out to be huge. But uh, Chris Olave was the standout performer for the Saints, seven catches for 114 yards. But they really couldn't get anything going uh, on the ground. They were only limited to six points in that second half. And this is one of the reasons why I had Atlanta win- winning, because – you just as you figured that the Saints will finally turn the corner, start playing with some consistency. They take two steps back, and then that's what we saw yesterday for the Falcons. Yes, you, you mentioned B. John Robinson; he got it going. Desmond Ritter, you don't have to depend on him too much, and so that, that the running game took the pressure off of him yesterday. And that Falcons defense did just enough to hang on for that victory. Yeah, they really did. Listen, I can see sports on sports in Chicago. Like Keenan McGee, Sidney Brown, with you as we're recapping the rest of the week. The rest of the games, uh, Sunday's games, you know, today's games, uh, week 12 in the NFL. Last of the noon games, you got uh, the Titans uh, doing just enough to hold off the Panthers, 17-10. Not really much to say about this game. I mean, Will Les, uh, will use a, a word wrong. I mean, he apologized for it. I don't know why he thought he had to do that, but okay. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry, rushed for 76 yards, got the two TDs uh, for the Titans. On the flip side, uh Bryce Young was sacked four times, only threw for 194 yards. 
Chuba Hubbard had a rushing TD, and uh, Frank Wright early this morning got his, uh, as our late friend Lamont Scott would say, his pink slip and his leg card as he's been given the boot. And uh, look, he's getting a nice little uh, check. I mean, he's getting paid, I think, about $28 million from the Colts still, and now he's mm-hmm. got a $25 million. He just chill for a, a little bit, as our buddy Herb Warren would say, you know, dive into a little gift with uh, Scrooge or Duck, you know, dive into the pot of gold. So he, he's pretty, he's all set. But uh, we'll get to the rest of the Panthers off in, the, in, the, you know, in another time. But uh, what do you think about this game? It was all about the Titans rushing offense, as you mentioned. Derrick Henry, uh, there's still miles uh, left on on, tread, left on those Titans with those two rushing touchdowns. And the Panthers on the flip side, you mentioned, they look putrid, and they just couldn't get anything going. Now, I, me personally, I think this was an overreaction firing uh, Frank Wright, but uh, you still have some draft picks coming. I know the Bears own their first-round pick this year before you guys yell at me, but uh, this team is still uh, being built from the ground up, and now you got to find – a head coach that can that can hopefully use uh, Bryce Young in uh, Bryce Young to his uh, to his skill set, and you still got to draft uh, some skill players to go with Bryce Young, i.e., a stud running back, i.e., a couple of wide receivers, and maybe a tight end would help too. I'm just saying. Yeah, among other things that they need there, and I think, look, like I said, we'll, we'll get to all this stuff you know, if we have time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, David Tepper, I think you might be a little might be a little, in, a little in over your head with this one, but who's the owner for the Panthers? But uh. Again, we'll talk more about that uh, as the time goes. Now, the first of the three o'clock games, you got the Rams. No trouble with the with the Cardinals, three seven fourteen. Um, you know, Matt Stafford threw for uh, four TDs. You know, two hundred twenty two twenty nine yards. But it was Ky- Kyron Williams who was the big story here. Um, had one hundred forty three rushing yards and had two uh, uh, touchdown catches. He got two of those uh, those four TDs from Stafford. Tyler Higby got the other two. Gabby supports my fantasy league, Mr. Higby did. Uh, Kyler Murray on the flip side was sacked four times, uh, due for 266, 256 yards, just say, and a TD. But uh, yeah, uh, the Rams, they're five and six, so it'll look now. They're kind of like, you know, sneaking in uh, on the other side for that one of those NFC wildcard spots. Yeah, yeah, this is the formula that the Rams have been trying to use all season long, take pressure off of Matthew Stafford because. We all know about his recent injury injury history, and we all know that the Rams are in transition right now. But the formula for them to win is run the run the football with Kyrie Williams and Daryl Henderson, whoever else can run the ball back there for for the Rams and play strong defense. And that's what they did yesterday against a lesser opponent. I know Kyler Murray, as we mentioned, he's still trying to get his uh, feet underneath him, at, you know, coming back from the ACL surgery. But uh, the Cardinals is probably the only time you can say that they really looked bad all year because. They've been playing hard all year, even though they don't have the talent. But this is the first time, in my opinion, they really look bad from start to finish. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. The Rams kind of you know, put paid them apart. Uh, you know, Williams. You know, go back to Kyrie's for a second. He uh, he becomes the first NFL player with a hundred. He had one hundred forty-two rushing yards, one hundred forty plus with uh, about eight receptions, sixty-four uh, receiving yards, and two TDs. He did all of this. For his first game back from IR. He had been on. IR with an ankle injury, so uh, not, not a bad way to get your first game off your belt after uh, coming off of IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, even more importantly, the Rams win that game. Now, go no look now, let's go to the mile high say, but don't look now. Uh, Denver is uh, you know, they're six and six, they're you know, right up there to think of in the AFC uh, wild card pitcher. They beat the Browns, uh, the the depleted Browns, I think I should say 29 uh, to 12. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Two for TD, 134 yards, but it was really their defense. That was the story. Uh, Samaje, but on the rushing side, though, Samaje Piran had a, a rushing TD. Uh, Wilson had a rushing TD. But like I said, it was really the defense that kind of was the story here for Denver as they sacked PJ Walker four times after, of course, you know, uh, uh, Dorian Thompson Roberts had to uh, 
be uh, left off with uh, had a concussion after throwing a, t- a TD. But uh, look now, but the Broncos they're getting it together. Yeah, as we said before, the last couple of weeks, uh, take the pressure off of Wilson, Russell Wilson. Uh, Javante Williams, uh, he's running the ball very well for the Broncos. He had 65 yards yesterday off of 18 carries. Corden Sutton, he had three cut catches for 61 yards. But did you check out the catch by Adam Troutman, uh, which yes. originally was called the no touchdown, but he had his uh, feet both in the bounce. His knee was sliding uh, toward, at a balance line, but he, he had the ball secure. And I'm glad, you know, all scoring plays are reviewable. So uh, the, the rest reviewed it, and I'm glad they called it a touchdown. So I think that's what really broke the game over for Denver. Yeah, nice uh, nice heads up there by by by, by, by Trotman. And uh, you're getting that knee and then dragging that that those tippy toes of his. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if he took dancing, but, uh, yeah, I think that definitely paid off if he did. But uh, <laughs> if he did, that was a you know, good payoff there. But, look, I mean, the Browns, now Miles Garrett, his arms in the sling. So uh, that's an injury to look out for as well. So, uh, yeah, you feel for the Browns. You, you thought that maybe, you know, maybe they were going to get it together after stealing that win against Baltimore. But the last few weeks, you know, with injuries and just, you know, not good performances, like, oof, just uh, just brutal there. Uh, and, you know, looks like maybe the Raiders might have been falling back to a little bit too. They did leave it leave 14-0 over KC, but KC did what, you know, good teams do. They come back. Uh, they were able to win this game, uh, 298, 298 yards and two TD uh, passes for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco had 50, 55 uh, rushing yards. and Oh, I know. You got to have me your fantasy team. Uh, Rashid, no, no, no. Uh, Rashid, you said his name correctly. <laughs> well, well. I did. Oh, I've been saying his name wrong. Okay. Uh, Rashi uh, Rice, that was a rookie, 107 uh, receiving yards and a TD on the flip side. Um, Aiden O'Connell threw for 248 yards and a TD. And uh, Josh Jacobs had a rushing TD at 210 yards um, with 20 carries. But I think they abandoned, the, I think they should uh, use the run a little bit more. Maybe they could have kept uh, the Chiefs uh, offense off the field. But unfortunately, they kind of abandoned the run there and the, uh, they were able to not to pull up the upset, and the Chiefs were able to steal this game. Yeah, after a slow start, you mentioned the Kansas City turned it up on turned it up on offense. I know Travis Kelsey didn't have a big game, but he had a few big catches um, during late in that first half and early into that second half. And Patrick Mahomes, even though he fell two yards short of three hundred yards passing, he was still very much effective yesterday. Now, on the flip side for the Raiders, uh, Max Crosby they had to call timeout late in the second half because. Uh, you know, he's been playing with an injury for the last few weeks, and he, he was supposed to miss this game. But uh, you could tell that he's one of the leaders in that locker room. He really tried to set the tone for that Raiders defense, which did a heck of a job in that first half, as you mentioned. But uh, they didn't have anything left. The offense uh, with Aiden O'Connell, uh, the rookie quarterback, they just didn't have it coming out of that locker room in the second half, just only posting three points. That's not going to get it done. But uh, give the Chiefs, Chiefs credit. They turned it around in that second quarter, and they walked away uh, with a tough road victory. Uh, as I said before last Monday on this show, um, uh, I didn't say uh, Bills before that Philadelphia, Philadelphia loss, but you knew deep down that the, the Chiefs lost to Philadelphia on, on Monday night last week, that they were going to come mm-hmm. back and have a strong performance, and that's exactly what they did yesterday. Yeah, the, you know, going back to Crosby for a second, I mean, I, I hope he didn't injure that knee even worse than he did because he wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. play uh, uh, yesterday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he tried. You know, you got to commend him for that. But, uh, I mean, the Raiders, you know, they just, you know, I think their shortcomings are have are now showing. And uh, to the, the Chiefs' credit, they were able to do what, uh, teams, what great teams do. I mean, they were able to you know, find a way to come back and win. And 
uh, speaking of uh, Philadelphia, this was one of the probably one of the best games of the of the uh, of the week here. Uh, Philadelphia uh, beats Buffalo in an overtime thriller, thirty-seven thirty-four. Uh, Taylor Hurst with a walk-off rushing TD. He also had three. He also threw for three TD passes. Um, on the flip side, Josh Allen threw for two TDs. Threw for three hundred thirty-nine yards. Uh, he also rushed for two TDs. And was also the, re- the leading rusher. I know Sid hates that when that's the case. Uh, but yeah, this was actually a pretty thrilling game. And uh, I will say this: I know <laughs> people keep saying, "Look, give Philadelphia some credit. They did what they, they, again. They did what did good teams do. They, you know, they, you know, they came." Back after you know, giving up a field goal, they came back and tied it. Now they were able to, you know, Jake Elliott tied him with a, a career high field goal for him. One of his career high field goals. He came, you know, they came back, gave up the field goal. You know, the Bills did, you know, for the Bills. And now the Eagles were able to march out the field and had to walk off uh, TD with Hurts. Yeah, for, for Buffalo, you p- played well for most of that game, for at least through the first three quarters. That fourth quarter, they had the missed field goal, and then they had that turnover, which got Philadelphia back in the game. And before then, uh, that Philadelphia offense was putrid to watch. They couldn't get anything going as far as the running game was concerned. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, he struggled passing. Uh, on the flip side for Buffalo, they were very aggressive offensively, but once the once the turnover happened to start that fourth quarter, you could tell that the wheels were coming off of Buffalo. So Philadelphia, uh, they really escaped uh, with uh, with this win. Buffalo should feel much worse because they gave this game away. Now they uh, send at six and six. In my opinion, they don't have any more mulligans left, so they're gonna have to win out to uh, make the playoffs now. Yeah, that defense for Buffalo. I know they I know they've had a lot of injuries on that defense, especially that front seven, but it was really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harris was able to expose that uh, yesterday, especially in that uh, that game-winning uh, TD drive. So, uh, you know, just a you know just a, a bad showing by that defense, especially late in the game. Now, uh, the Saint Niner uh, was kind of uh, twenty to ten. You know, the, the Ravens beat the uh, the Chargers. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw for one hundred seventy-seven yards and a touchdown. Um, on the flip side, Justin Herbert, uh, two hundred seventeen yards and a TD. Was he was sacked three times. Um, he was the leading rusher. Uh, Herbert was for the Chargers. Um, uh, you know, Zay Flowers had a touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown, and two TD catches. Watch well, it, watch it, rushing touchdown and a TD catch, and uh, the the flower celebration. That was a pretty, that was actually pretty funny. Even though I don't, I thought Lamar was not a very big fan of the first one, but uh, look, I mean, and but also it was a defense for uh, the uh, the Ravens. I mean, they did just have to win this game for them. Yeah, that Ravens defense we don't talk about as much because. And many people uh, don't think that they have uh, quote unquote stars on their defense, uh, but they do. Jadavion Clowney, Lakina had a strip sack and a fumble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mean, mm-hmm. I thought he was retired five years ago, but that's that wasn't <laughs> the case. And so uh, I was, I had this game on a little bit last night, and I said, you know, Baltimore could take that next step, but they just have stopped having these stretches of not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, that could be the game that, especially if you want to. I know. Just, you know, thankfully for them, it didn't come back to bite them in a. Yeah, and so the thing, yeah. thankfully that misfield goal didn't come back to buy him in the butt. But on the flip side for the Chargers, their season's over four and seven. Uh, I know they scored the lone touchdown for them in the fourth quarter, but uh, uh, Brandon Staley's going to get his pink slip and link card, and, and <laughs> they've been a big disappointment this year. Yeah, I'm glad I did not pick the Chargers. I thought about picking the Chargers when we did our picks when I posted them uh, yesterday, but I'm glad I didn't because that would mm-hmm. I would look pretty stupid there. But yeah, I mean Baltimore goes to 93, and as of right now, as we're recording this, they're now number one seed in the AFC. So uh, 
Well, it gets a little bit tougher. They got some tough games coming on top of Baltimore. So uh, we'll see if they can hang on there. And like you said, they can't afford to be having these big stretches. But defense were able to, you know, get get, you know, get them back for this game. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to – especially they got, they got the Jags and they got the 49ers cut up in the next few weeks after the uh, the Rams game uh, coming up. Uh, after. Well, they get a bye, so uh, they get a nice win. You know, get to chill for a little bit and, you know, and, you know for a week and kind of you know, rest and refresh and heal up. So uh, that helps them having the late bye week. So that should definitely help them give you – little bit of extra uh, energy and extra motivation so for me i think like this is a big win for baltimore they get that win they get to chill for a week you know get ready for this big stress they got pretty tough stress coming up these last uh, few weeks so uh, but yeah you'll take it if you're baltimore yeah plus baltimore when they come back they have a tough matchup against jacksonville i believe it's in uh, jacksonville uh so i believe it's a prime time game as well so they could be mm-hmm. for the number two seed in the afc that's the Sunday nighter on the 17th. And then after that, on Christmas Day, they got a Monday night game at, you know, at the 49ers, which could be a Super Bowl preview. We'll see. So, like I yeah. said, then they, have, then they have the Dolphins, and they finish up against the Steelers you know, in Baltimore. So, that could be for a number one spot in the AFC. So, yeah, they got a pretty tough schedule. So, yeah, I think this is the right time to, to get this win and uh, heal up and uh, get ready for the stretch one they got coming up. Um, okay, Sid, uh, studs and duds, go for it. I know we got like a three or three games worth of three games worth of games to pick from, but uh, go for uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first stud will be Dak Del- uh, Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, 331 yards passing for touchdowns as the Cowboys beat the Commanders on Thanksgiving Day. My second stud will be Kyron Williams of the Los Angeles Rams, uh, 60 carries for 143 yards as the LA Rams uh, beat the Cardinals 37 14. Team. My third stud would be B. John Robinson of Atlanta. 16 carries, 91 yards rushing in a touchdown as the Falcons defeat the Saints at home 24-15. Uh, okay, mine are – I would go with Green Bay's defense. Like I said, uh, yeah, Rashad uh, Gary coming back from an injury. You know, he had a uh, – he, you know, recovered a fumble, had a couple of sacks. Like I said, Jonathan Owens had a scoop and score there. That was a big reason why the Packers were able to pull off the upset in Detroit. Um, let's see here. I'll say Trevor Lawrence. I think, you know, look, that was his breakout game for him playing one of your uh, div- uh, division rivals. They were to avenge that loss from a few weeks ago and uh, they were to you know, come back and now they're in the driver's seat for the AFC South. And, uh, I'll be nice. I'll, you know, I'll say Denver. I think Denver, they're, you know, they're getting it together at the right time. I think, I don't look, I don't think they're going to win a division, but I think they're going to try to, you know, do just stuff to get into that one of the wild card spots, you know, they're doing really well on all sides. I mean, Russell Wilson's been playing very well. We're seeing the kind of old Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, Cortland Sutton's been really solid for them. The defense is really solid. Even the special teams have been pretty good for them, too. So, yeah, they could be a team to watch for. And, of course, I'll say Deron Brand, uh, Bland for uh, breaking the uh, pick six uh, record. Also, Jim Nance for a great call, as usual, with the uh, with the, that pick six, pick six call on Thursday. All right. Uh, My three stars are as follows: the New York Jets' office. And, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, the, I was I was speaking. I know you interrupted. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it was the New York Jets' offense. Uh, need I say more? <laughs> uh, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. Therapeutic offense. Uh, that was terrible. That's my second dud. And my third dud would be the whole entire Patriots Giants game. Seventeen points combined. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. 
<laughs> I know that's your kind of score, Lakita, but I'm not down with that anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, the buff. Well, yeah, mm, well, uh, the Bills, uh, the Bills defense. I mean, <laughs> well, what happened those last two? Oh, I mean, come on now. That that name that you don't need to say anything else. Uh, the Bills uh, defense. What happened those last two drives against Philadelphia? Come on now, really. I know you have injuries, but uh, you got guys that can kind of make some plays late. So I don't know what happened. Uh, there, uh, Carolina, I think you might have over overreacted and fired Frank Wrights. I think that that I think that franchise has bigger problems than that, but again, I we won't have time to get into that. We'll probably go to that on another time. And uh, I'll say my other uh, dud is uh, I'll, I'll say the Jets. I mean, just a just a terrible showing by that Jets uh, defense. Just just a Jets overall. I mean, I think if you're a Jets fan, you just want the season to be over with now. Just want the season to be over with. Just that's it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We didn't forget, forget about the Bears Vikings Monday night show that will give you a, a preview of, of that primetime matchup tonight. Uh, thank goodness if you're a Bears fan, this is the last time they're on primetime TV for this year. And we'll talk uh, this is Chicago Bulls and the NBA had the Bulls uh, wave the white flag. And we'll review this past weekend's action from the college pay skit and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color, right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X, and Kim's coming in the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago in live and in living color, now available on Roku TV. All right, so let's keep this short and sweet because I probably will not watch this much to this game. Uh, the, uh, you just the mad so many cast tonight. <laughs> no, well, well, no. It, it, look, I wouldn't want the Manning brothers to go to having to go to watching a Bears game. They don't, they don't deserve that. No, no, no. They, they don't, they don't want that. I'm sure it's bad. I'm sure. <laughs> look, if you're Troy, it's bad enough that he has to has to watch the game. I don't want the Manning brothers to be subjected to that as well. Um, but the Bears uh, and the Vikings. The Bears are three and eight. The Vikings are six and five. Um, you know, divisional rivals, of course. You know, the Vikings won the first matchup about a month ago. Uh, this will be the last primetime game for the Bears. Thank the Lord uh, for the, this, this year. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, like I said before, um, look, I, I think the Bears, look, I think Fields ha- actually looked good the last you know, last week. You know, it was just that the, the defense just couldn't get it, you know, just just really couldn't respond. And I think for me, I think the Bears, you know, the the, the, the really did the defense going to be the key to this game. You know, can they slow down Josh Dobbs and then Vikings offense? I know the Vikings, they let a, they had a, uh, they're probably going to be in a good mood because, you know, they had a, they let a win slip away last week. But I think they're going to be on a mission here because they want to be, still be right there in the thing with the NFC I mean, the Bears, I'm just like, I think they'll cover, but I don't think they'll get their butts kicked like other, well, well the last time, well, okay. But I don't think they're going to do too bad. I think, like I said, I think, like I said on the other thing, I think they'll cover, but I think the Vikings will win it. And I think if you're, if you're the Bears, you want to try to slow down that, that, that offense attack of the, uh, the Vikings. The Vikings are currently three points favorites as of this live broadcast. Lakina, I will sell you some hope on the, why the Bears could win tonight. One, the Vikings do not, I repeat, do not have a consistent running game. And number two, Justin Jefferson is out, which if you guys have been following the Vikings, that's not a shock to you. He will not play tonight. So those are the two first two reasons why the Bears can't pull off this upset tonight. Number three, I'm looking at the Bears linebacking core with Jack Zam, Sam Bourne, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and TJ Edwards. Sam Laporte, uh, the rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions, you didn't hear his name too much last week. So the Bears, I thought they did a pretty good job against him. The Vikings have a star tight end, a former Lion, by the way, by the name of TJ Hawkinson. If the Bears can neutralize him tonight, I think the Bears have a shot. So I give you three reasons why the Bears can pull off the upset tonight. Now, we all picked Minnesota to win this game. Of course, us and Christine Manica from KXRB. I think the Bears will play well tonight. I think uh, on, on one of the running backs for the for the Bears is out, Deontay Foreman. But Khalil oh, yeah. Herbert and yeah. uh, Roshan Johnson, they must step up tonight in that department. But the Bears can win this game tonight. But I think the only problem they'll have is Jordan Addison, their rookie wide receiver, who's done a magnificent job uh, over the last few weeks, ever since Justin Jefferson has been out with that hamstring injury. He's been the number one target for the Vikings offense. If they can cover him, i.e. Jalen Johnson, hopefully he can step up tonight and prove why he wants to be paid 
like one of the top DBs in the league, I think the Bears have a real opportunity to do so. I think more so it, the Bears going to have to be led by the offense of Justin Fields. As you mentioned, he was not the reason why the Bears lost last week. He did learn some things while he was out with that with that, that finger injury, with that thumb injury. He um, showed it last yeah. week in Detroit. I expected to show it again tonight uh, at Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, look, they still got a solid defense. I'm talking about uh, Minnesota. You got Daniil Hunter, um, you know, the mm-hmm. linebacker, uh, Harrison Smith, also the free safety. So I think he'll be right there, uh, you know, with Cole Komen and, you know, and Herbert and the rest of that group and, and Mooney. So, yeah, I, I think – but you're forgetting, too, Sid, that first game that the Vikings, you know, that Justin Jefferson didn't play, the Vikings didn't win it. So it's not like they haven't beaten – you know, the, the Vikings haven't beaten the Bears with, without Justin Jefferson before. They did just about a month ago. So, you know, that, that first race is a little bit – I know I, I'll give you the, the last two, but I think the first race is a little bit, you know, kind of uh, like out there since they did, you know, play the first game you know, without uh, Jefferson. So – I think, look, for me, look, I think this is going to be one of those, you know, you know, grinded out games. I think it's going to be kind of like one of those grinders. And I, I feel like, look, I think, like I said, I think the, the Vikings will not be in a good mood after what happened uh, last week. I, I think they really felt, I, I think they really felt that they let that game against Denver slip, a, slip by them. I know, you know, Dallas was the first you know, game that Dallas actually made some mistakes. And I think the cold mile and the air mild high air might have something to do with that. So I think for me, they're going to be, the, they're going to be indoors. So it's going to be a little more controlled. I think look, this could be a nice little battle between him and Fields. But I think for me, you know, this, this, you know, the Bears have not shown me that they've improved in any any aspects. Maybe a little things here and there, but they've shown that they're not, you know, they're they're not there to make that step yet. And I think I know for all the Bears fans, they want to try to see, oh, look, the Bears can go a little bit of a run. Well, look, so far they haven't shown you they they could do that. I mean, they let the the, Vi- the Lions game slip away. You're playing the Vikings team that are gonna want to avenge that loss, the, the the loss they had to Denver. So for me, I'm just like, okay, all right, you know, show me, show me that you've improved. Show me that I know, you know, these last years are gonna be pivotal for Fields because I'm sure he's gonna want to, you know, whoever, whether the Bears pick up his uh, his option or he gets traded or whatever, but I think he's gonna want to play a little bit of a have a good performance. So for me, this is sort of like one of those things where you're just like, okay, all right, show me, show me that you, show me, show me that you can take this next of these next few weeks, and then maybe I'll believe you. On the flip side for the Bears defense, looking as I mentioned with their linebacking core earlier, as a whole, that Bears defense, don't forget what they did in that first half against the Lions, even though it was tremendous, it was a tremendous performance. Many, not too many people talked about this. I forgot to mention this in our last episode last week. The Bears defense were 0 for 6 in third downs. The Lions were 6 for 6 in their third down conversions in that first half. So they cannot give the Vikings offense any life uh, tonight, especially on third down. And number two, Minnesota's feeling the pressure because what we talked about last hour, Green Bay winning on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit, and Minnesota still has a firm on second place in the NFC North Division. So it's a big, obviously a bigger game for Minnesota tonight to keep uh, Green Bay at bay. No pun intended in the uh, NFC Central. Oh, ooh, sorry, it's NFC Central. Uh, the really NFC North. Di- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the NFC North division. So pressure is uh, is on the Vikings for sure tonight. But uh, like you say, it's going to be a close game. I think the Bears will still continue with that momentum that they trying to build at Detroit last week. But Minnesota is going to have a little bit too much for them at the end there. Yeah, I think, look, you know, you play four quarters, you don't play a single half. And I think that's what happened with mm-hmm. the, the defense last week for the Bears. Those last two drives against the Lions were they were able to just, you know, mm-hmm. Golf was able to, you know, you know, march them down the field and just, you know, like 
made it look easy. I know David Montgomery, I know they play again next on, on Sunday. So, uh, you know, they're going to want to keep that going. I know they're not going to be in a very good mood. I'm talking about Detroit either. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that game on Friday. But, yeah, you can catch you can catch that Monday night game between the Bears and the Vikings, of course, on ABC, ESPN. Like I said, no man in cast. You know, sorry. Uh, I think that's probably what I was probably painting Eli Pine planned it that way. But uh, <laughs> you can catch it on ABC and ESPN starting at 715 uh, uh, Chicago time. As you listen to see sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeem McGee, Cindy Brown with you. And on the flip side, though, uh, let's talk some NBA and Bulls. Do we have to? Child, uh, they were up. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't want to go too far because we you know we'll just go some of the games. But uh, they had a big lead against the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. They got cold in the third, beginning of the late, the late in the middle of the third quarter, and then you know the Nets were able to uh, pull off the the win there. But uh. It, it kind of felt like the, the the Bulls at this point have waved the white flag. At least I'm hoping that's not the case, but it's starting to kind of look that way. They're five and thirteen, and you know I'm starting to with all the trade rumors and all that. I know Demar after Friday's game, Demar wasn't very happy after Friday's game. It, it's just like you know I know he had 27 and that went. Oh, Patrick Williams has been playing better. He had 20 points. Yay! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, only six points for Vooch. You know, he he was over from uh from the three point area, and the bench was really non existent for the Bulls. So I don't know what's going on. And personally, you know, whatever. But uh, you, <laughs> what do you, you think, Sid? Me and you must be thinking of like a, I, I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad Down thing. Out of my head. Besides, out of my besides, head, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> besides putting out, out a head. great show, but. Uh, I I, I kind of felt more of that in Friday's game than in last night's game at Brooklyn that the Bulls have really gone through the motions of waving the white flag. I'm not going to say that they, they quit, but uh, I kind of uh, get in those vibes. I usually don't want to go off of feelings and for first instincts, but that's like kind of what I felt uh, after watching that game last Friday at, at Toronto, which put the Bulls out of the playing tournament. I know they didn't give a damn, but uh, that's uh, another issue. But last night's game, as you mentioned, like you know, they started off hot, but at, and during one stretch in that second half, they went eight for thirty-one shooting, and the, the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets hit 26, 27 three pointers as a team for the whole game, sixteen of them in the first half. That's just not going to get it done, even though the Bulls have did uh, shoot well from the three-point land on Friday. I think close to forty percent. I know they shot thirty-seven and a half percent from three last night, but and I know they were missing Alex Caruso. I get it, but they still had their chances to win that game and. Uh, I know Zach Levine, he wants to get out of here. I don't think he's going to be traded at December 15th, folks. I know some of you want him out of here as soon as possible, but I think if that's going to happen, me personally, when, W-H-E-N, when that happens, I think it's going to be right towards the All-Star break, so you're going to have to deal with him for a little bit longer whether you Bulls fans like it or not. But I think Zach Levine has been a little bit more selfish with his play lately. Like I said, DeMar DeRosa, if Let's be honest here. Do you really want to stay here in Chicago knowing that this team could be in a full rebuild? I don't think so, especially the uh, the years piling up on him. I wouldn't stay here either. It's just like this mix just doesn't work, Lakina. And, you know, as we, uh, many people uh, want a full rebuild, and you may get that. Uh, I know we'll, we'll talk about it a thousand more times between now and the trade deadline at the All Star break in February. But, just the way this Bulls team is playing right now, it, 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 it's not inspiring. And I, I was watching the, the post-game show last night on NBC Sports Chicago. And they had a graphic that said that the Bulls on a season-high four-game losing streak. 
the, the way that team's been playing lately, look like it's been on a 10-game losing streak. That's kind of what it felt like, and, I, and, I, and yeah. I'm wondering, like, I think you're wondering, like, mentally, like, are some of the guys, you know, like, you know, DeMar, and, you know, he wants to get out of town. We've heard the rumors about uh, Caruso. It, it's just, like, one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, you know, well, what, what's going on here? Like, what is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it that this mix? I mean, I know people want a full-on rebuild, but as I've been saying it, I'm going to keep saying it until I, I'm, well, I can't turn blue, obviously, being dark-skinned, but I can't turn blue, <laughs> but... uh. I mean, like, do you are you going to be patient for a full on rebuild? I want to know because you no, you won't because you could have been like, look, it's not like Orlando's finally starting to figure it out. They finally got that mix of players uh, with Yo know, Carter Jr. and Piquero. Uh, they had a good win against uh, Charlotte yesterday. I'm talking about Orlando, mm -hmm. but again, look how long it took them to get to this point. Do you really want to go through this with the Bulls? And then I kind of feel like this is sort of one of those things where. I don't, I don't, I really, it's just like, it's just, it's very disappointing because like I said, that Lonzo injury, I think that's what started this whole spiral, whether people like mm -hmm. it or not. I think they could have, I'm not going to say they would have won the championship had Lonzo stayed healthy, but I think they could have been right there in the thick of it, you know, on the top side with, uh, with Philadelphia, with Boston, with Milwaukee, they could have been right up there with them, had all those injuries and such, you know, didn't happen. I know folks don't want to hear that and don't want to have that conversation, but yeah, I, I think we should have that conversation. And I and I think also too the ownership of the Bulls. I think that that's played a part of this as well. So I think for me, I think at this point, I'm kind of like, oh, they win, okay, great. If they lose, okay, whatever. So I never thought I would say this in my years as a Bulls fan, but uh, just a little bit of a, a synopsis from the uh, Matt, our buddy Matt Peck from THCO's, uh rant. I like I don't know what else you can say. Like unless the unless the Bulls ownership decides to, uh, to sell, which I don't, that's not going to happen. But this will be the same cycle over and over again. I know some people want uh, Rob Palenka, who's doing TV work right now. But do you want to leave the the TV booth deal to 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 deal with this mess? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think no. you would. <laughs> and also, too, the Bulls are right up against the cap. We've been saying this for the last three or four years. I know they're very limited what they what what they could do in free agency. Javon Carter's been okay at best. Uh, the Tory Craig has brought some energy, uh, whether it's off the bench or as a starter. But as we talked about before the season started, Lakina, Billy Donovan is going to take the downfall fall uh, for all this, whether he deserves mm -hmm. it or not. And I know he had he signed that quote unquote secret extension. Uh, before the start of last season, and uh, I think he's going to save face before the rest of the dominoes start to fall. So I, so changes come is just a matter of when. W H E N when. And Lakina, call me crazy. Yeah, I know some people will won't say this publicly yet, but if Patrick Williams decides to continue to play like this, do you think uh, he can bring something back? Uh, he's not going to bring a uh, humongous haul. Let's be real here, Bert. Real here, but you could bring mm. something. Uh, you could bring something back for him, and let that other team sign him to a, close to a hundred million dollar contract extension because the Bulls ain't gonna have that money for him. Yeah, to so save save that money and go to some place else and whatever. So yeah, I, I kind of mm -hmm. think that yeah. I mean, I would say if he's to, if he to play hard, you know, by February by the trade deadline, I think you can probably try to get something from him, maybe get a a a, a, a mid a mid level uh, first round because you don't have a first round pick, so. You know, you can kind of you know, try to you know, get something for him, especially if he continues to play like this. And uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, at this point, let's talk about the rest of the NBA soon because like, I, I'm getting depressed. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> uh, well, what we'll caught your eye this week or, or this weekend in the NBA? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, trailed by 26 points to the Portland Trailblazers. They come back to win by the score of 108 to 102. Damian Lillard, aka Dame Time, uh, was 4 12 shooting from downtown. He had 
uh, 31 points. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, had a team-high 33 points. It looks like Milwaukee started to uh, get on a roll here. I know they lost a tough game at Boston last Wednesday night, the day before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, but it looks like they started to turn around. Turn it around. The Los Angeles Lakers picked up a key win as they continue their East Coast road trip. Uh, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last Saturday night. Anthony Davis came up as I've been begging for, like everybody else has been begging for. <laughs> You've been, what? You've been become, lobbying for it. Yeah, become the man, become the alpha man, the alpha dog, uh, dominate the fourth quarter. LeBron James, I know the Cleveland Cavaliers organization honored him before the game, but uh, you saw LeBron's stats from last Saturday night. That's where he wants to be. That's where he should be for this point in his career. He's going to turn 39 here and coming up next month, but you don't need LeBron James scoring 30-plus points a game. That's not going to happen, and especially at the guy his age. So Anthony Davis picked it up. Also, to D'Angelo Russell, some of the other guys uh, picked it up as well. So it looks like the Lakers are starting to turn it around a, a little bit there. Uh, like I said, I was impressed by Milwaukee's comeback yesterday. Also, too, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I know that Kevin Durant missed last night's game as the, the Suns uh, beat the Knicks by three in Madison Square Garden. But uh, Eric Gordon's starting to play well, even though he's a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we call him the ageless veteran. Uh, he's starting mm-hmm. uh, to play better. Also, to Devin Booker, he's starting to come into shape now as he's starting to get healthy. He hit the game winner last night over two Knicks players in front of that yeah, bench. It was impressive. nice to see. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty impressive there. That that was really cool, especially I'm glad he had to kind of had to pick up with the slack. I know I'm glad Gordon because he's gonna. I'm sure you know Katie's gonna be you know, taking these games off you know from time to time. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure you know Colford Gordon knows that he's probably gonna have to step up. But yeah, I mean look, you know Phoenix is playing very well. I think they're like what like four of their last five or mm-hmm. five or last six or something like that. You know, despite no Bradley Beal, so that's a nice, uh, really nice showing for them. I know um, the Lakers. I know I know they lost a tough one to Dallas on Wednesday. I, I watched that game, but uh, they've been they've responded pretty well in the beginning of their road trip. So. Uh, that was really cool to see. Uh, I think Philadelphia too. I think Philadelphia. You know, they've been. You know, they they had a nice. They got a nice win on Saturday against uh, OKC. Uh, there's been stuff that came up about Josh Giddy. We won't get into that, but uh, yeah, Google's, uh, Google's your friend, Sakina would say. I'll leave it at yeah, that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll leave it there. But uh, you have to uh, bounce back after the tough loss in Minnesota on uh, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. They got a nice win against OKC. Uh, Boston beat uh, Milwaukee on Wednesday. Uh, Jalen Brown had 26 points. And I think for me, this you know, could be the first of many uh, meetings between these two, these two teams you know, coming up. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that was a nice win for them. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Boston. But uh, Golden State, you know, speaking of Golden State, I mean, they lost a tough one against Phoenix, you know, during that little streak that they were going on. I'm talking about um, uh, Phoenix. And uh, they did, you know, bounce back against uh, San Antonio um, last uh, on Friday. So uh, what do you think? Uh, should you know, as our buddy Colin Mills would say, I mean, should uh, Warriors fans be a little worried? A little worried, yes. I know Draymond Green's is due to come out off of his uh, suspension, I believe, this time uh, later this week or next week. And I think mm-hmm. Steph Curry is, if he has, I think he's returning sometime this week, I believe. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, once they the Warriors get those two stars back. And we'll see how they play. As I said before, we'll give them to Christmas, assuming that all the guys are full go, i.e. healthy. And we'll see how this Warriors team's look Warriors team look because looks because as we said before the start of the season, this Western Conference is stacked. You have Denver, you have the Clippers. They're trying to turn around here a little bit. You mentioned Phoenix, so and of course, uh Denver, the defending world champ. So you cannot take a night off. 
if you're a top contender in the Western Conference, you mentioned OKC, uh, Sacramento. They starting to try to uh, get uh, uh, get back to their winning ways. So you cannot take a a, a, a back seat and have a, a for, have a long losing streak in the Western Conference. Uh, uh, if you do, you're gonna have a tough time catching them. If you do, it may be too late. It might be. So, yeah, you better try to get it going. You know, if this is going to be the after, especially with uh, Christmas coming up, I and mean, that's going to really going to see how where this team is at by then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I say let's wait till see where they at by Christmas. And then after that, you know, if they're still not doing well, then you can kind of figure it out. The Clippers, I think they've been playing okay lately. They had they got a big win against Dallas over the weekend. So, I'm thinking maybe they're starting to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I know they lost a tough one uh, to the Pelicans. So, but they've been playing really well before then. So, Maybe they are starting to kind of get get it going a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Miami, I know they lost a tough one to the Knicks. You know, the Knicks got the revenge there. But they did uh, beat Brooklyn uh, on Saturday. So I think maybe Miami's starting to figure it out a little bit there as well. So, yeah, I think it's pretty been you know, pretty stack, you know, pretty stack uh, this last week. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see like I said, as we're getting closer and closer to uh, to Christmas and folks started paying attention. We'll see where these teams are, especially in the Western Conference because – there, it's going to be a slugfest. You're going in the end there, and you see the standings right now. I want to go back to the East Lakina, and I want to have a question, and I want to make a point. I'll make my point first about the Boston Celtics. I know they won again last night, Sunday, against the Atlanta Hawks. We're 13-103. to Jason Tatum had 34 points, but we talked. I talked about him for the last couple of weeks. Sam House of the rookie, rookie guard. Mm-hmm. He had 12 big points last night, including he made all four of his uh, – May four of nine from from three point range. I know I've been questioning the the lack of depth from the Boston Celtics bench ever since mm-hmm. the start of the season. Looks like this kid uh, he could be their sixth man coming up off the bench. If that's the case, he's not too bad. But uh, if, if you're their front office, I know that um, what's his uh, what's his face um their former head coach Brad Danny. Stevens, uh, uh, oh, Brad, Brad Stevens, yeah, Danny Ainge is in Utah, but. If you're Brad Stevens, hopefully you can um, make, acquire some players at the trade deadline to boost up that depth uh, you know, on that bench because uh, I'm worried about that if you're a Boston Celtics fan going into the playoffs. Heaven forbid that Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown gets hurt uh, at some point this year. Hopefully they don't, but if they do, you, their lack of depth on the bench could be a problem. I know that Christos Porzingis, he'll probably do the low management thing this year. I know he's missed some games already, but the games that he's played, he's looked great in, so – you already mentioned that situation. So uh, Boston is playing very well right now. Sam Hauser, uh, their rookie uh, guard, should get some get a little bit more credit than he has been. Now, I want to ask you a question, Lakina, and this ties into the Bulls a little bit. Just a question. With the Philadelphia 76ers and still battling with Boston and Milwaukee for the top spot in the East, you have Joel Embiid. You have Tobias Harris, who's been a disappearing at here and there. But Tyrese Maxey is their number two guy. Do you think that Zach Levine would be a perfect fit for Philadelphia? I'm trying to figure out what would be, you know, where where would probably where okay, you can play him in the in the in the point, but I'm wondering like would he and uh Joel and B, you know, coexist? That, that's kind of been the problem because apparently I guess he and uh, DeMar haven't been able to coexist. So would you have that same problem with Embiid? So I think that's gonna be sure. something maybe a new scenery for him might actually help him. I think you know, I think DeMar might be a better fit for, for Philadelphia than uh, Zach. Mm-hmm. Just kind of because I think that they can take the he can take the pressure off and be and vice versa. 
But I, I think, look, you know, both of the, if, if, if the Bulls side trade, but one or both of those guys, I think one of them probably could end up going to Philadelphia. And I think this is going to be interesting to see where this, all this kind of, you know, plays out in the front, in the, in the sense of uh, that, that, okay, I know Caruso, rumors of him going to Milwaukee and, you know, other guys as well, other places as well. So I think this is going to be interesting to see where the Bulls decide to, where AK and Eversley decide to, you know, to put these guys, should they break this core up and, I think you know, for me, if you're Boston, you definitely need the extra depth at six guy. I think the Caruso might be a good fit there. Mm-hmm. If you're Philadelphia, I, I think if you're gonna, you're gonna need somebody to kind of pick up the slack, you know, because you know some guys, you know, I know Maxi's been okay, but they've always been you know kind of been up and down. So I would say, yeah, put put. I would say put. I think DeRozan might be a better fit there. Now Zach, I know that some people said maybe Zach, you know, go back to Los Angeles to play for one of the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't know if they have anything to you know to give up to get you know for the for to give up to the Bulls <laughs> to get him. But uh, you know, I know Miami's been another another destination as well. So uh, I think they're, they'll they'll have a definitely have a, a nice little uh, choice of uh, players of, of teams, I should say, to to get to give to for for Zach to go to. We'll see. Yeah, Jimmy Butler and Zach Levine. Oh, that's going. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that's going to work. That's just that's, that's just me. Per, yeah, that's just me personally. But uh, going back to uh, to Philadelphia. I think you're correct as far as DeMar DeRozan being a better fit because he's that veteran guy that can get them over to the next level. Like I said, you wouldn't have a problem with him. Zach Levine still thinks he's a superstar, and like I said, him and Joel Embiid could could clash, and you definitely do not want that if you feel a W because let's let's be real. Joel Embiid, even though he's still healthy right now, he's your uh, defending MVP, regular season MVP. If you're Philadelphia, you still want to take – the advantage of these years that he's in his prime and he's healthy because once those injuries, uh, if if they do occur again, coming in massa, that's going to be it for that franchise. So I don't think you'll have to give too much, uh, give up too much. If you're able to Brandon, uh, not, um, what's that? Daryl Morey. Morey. You don't have to give up too much to get DeMar DeRozan because he's on the, he's on the last year of his deal. Zach Levine signed that extension a couple of years ago. So you had to give up a little bit more. So I think from a business perspective, and like you said, from a basketball sense, I think DeMar makes the most sense. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see. We got a little bit of time before the trade deadline. So we'll see if you know, what happens. There's going to be more rumors coming out. So uh, it'll get very interesting as we uh, get to uh, this week's games in the NBA. Monday tonight, you got uh, Washington and Detroit. Uh, Portland, they did. Two bad teams. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I think I think I saw somewhere where I said like the two of the worst winning percentage teams, you know, so far this year. I, th- I thought I saw a next gen stat or something like that. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, watch this game of your own risk. You know, even if you live in DC and Detroit, but uh, uh, Portland and uh, Indiana at six. You got should be a good one here. You got the Lakers and the Sixers at six o'clock on NBA TV. First game of that doubleheader Monday night. Uh, New Orleans and Utah. And Denver and the Clippers. Well, the Clippers have been, you know, been pretty good lately. Yeah, 93 on the second year of the NBA TV doubleheader. So uh, that should be an interesting one there. Yeah, the Clippers are looking for a revenge for what happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, which they could have won that game in Denver during the playing tournament. So we'll see what happens there tonight. Now, tomorrow, Tuesday, your schedule looks like this as the NBA in-season tournament continues. Even though the Bulls have been eliminated, they'll go to Boston to play the Celtics. <laughs> Also, too, you have Toronto at Brooklyn, the Hawk, Atlanta Hawks at Cleveland, the Bucks in the Heat. That's the first game of that TNT Tuesday night doubleheader. You have Charlotte at New York to take on the Knicks. You have Oklahoma City at Minnesota, the Rockets, Houston Rockets at the Dallas Mavericks, two of the surprising teams in the league this year, mostly Houston. And the second night cap of the NBA on TNT doubleheader tomorrow night will feature 
the Golden State Warriors at the Sacramento Kings. And that's at 9 o'clock, Chicago time. Wednesday, 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 you got uh, the Lakers continue their road trip against Detroit, uh, Washington, and Orlando, Phoenix and Toronto, Utah and Memphis, uh, Philadelphia and New Orleans, Houston and Denver, and in the long NBA TV game, you got the Clippers and the Kings. I feel like that's an old uh, NBC miniseries from way back when. (laughs) (laughs) Just a thought of that. (laughs) In your schedule for Thursday for the last day of November looks like this. We have the uh, the Chicago Bulls hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. That could get ugly. <laughs> you have Portland starting the East Coast road trip. They'll be at Cleveland. You have Charlotte at Brooklyn once again. Uh, we continue their trip uh, around the state of the city of New York. You have mm-hmm. Indiana at Miami. That's the first game of the NBA TV uh, doubleheader on Thursday night. The Pistons at the Knicks. Utah at Minneapolis to take on the Timberwolves, the Lakers at OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder, Atlanta at San Antonio. In the nightcap for NBA TV, you have the Clippers at Golden State to take on the Warriors. Oh, that should be a fun one there. It could be like first like 140 or something like that might win that game. Who knows? Uh, and that is your schedule for this week in the NBA. We'll take a really quick break. We're going to uh, talk some uh, college football. Week 13, as a regular season has officially ended, now we're into championship weekend. And uh, some big changes in the top, uh, could be a big change in the top in the playoff uh, standings. Some college hoops, you know, we'll try to get a little bit of that. And if time permitted, uh, also some Blackhawks, too. A nice showing for them uh, yesterday, even though they lost. Uh, and, you know, old school, TV, old school TV Monday and a whole lot more. Like Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, Sexy Sports on Sports in Chicago. Wrapping days up, coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? 
For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago. You follow me, Keita McGee, on the Twitter X. I can't scroll again to IG. You can follow your surely Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. We have less than a half hour left for this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any last minute questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's YouTube page or at Sports on Chicago on Facebook. Keep those questions and comments coming. Lakina will get the best ones up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid, uh, let's go into college football week 13 as you know, the regular season has wrapped up. Ole Miss beat Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Again, that they, they call it that. I don't. Uh, the Civil War, you got uh, Oregon uh, basically dominated Oregon State uh, 31 to 7. And also, too, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Oregon State, you know, they. The news actually came out just right before that game for uh, for you know for Oregon. They were able to kind of take advantage of that. They wanted to avenge that loss from uh last year, and you know they were able to just that uh Bo Nix uh, threw for five touchdowns, and you know, it'll be interesting to see you know Oregon. You know they well, well, okay, we'll go we'll talk about the Washington uh uh, ga- uh game for uh, them in a second. But uh, what do you think about this game on Friday? Yeah, so we talked about it on our last show last week. Lakina, Oregon is trying to keep uh, – they have a slight edge over Washington for their fourth and last uh, spot in the college football playoff. We know that <clears throat> star quarterback Bo Nix is up for the Heisman Trophy this year. So uh, all the pressure is on them. So far they had a great season. So uh, the way they dominated Oregon State last Friday, I thought that, that was key. Now, I know we're going to bring up this game now, but – Washington barely getting by uh, Washington State 24-21. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., I know he didn't look the best, but he's still, in my opinion, one of the top uh, candidates uh, uh, for the highest Trophy in the country. He's definitely a top three quarterback. 
I don't know if he's going to come out this year for the NFL draft, but you know, he's still right up there. And watch this. We talked about they fell in the pressure as well. Even though they're 12-0 and 0 overall, uh, they had to fight for their lives against their rivals in Washington State. Yeah, well, we'll get to that game in a second. Uh, but you know, going back to this, I mean, unfortunately for uh, Oregon State to lose their head coach and a former alum, Jonathan Smith, uh, to Michigan State, <laughs> I mean – I, I, I'm not going to seriously say that he's he's a, he's actually been a solid coach. I mean, though they're they're the best they've been in a while. Talk about Oregon State, but is he really the guy that you think could you know recruit? Especially you got you're going to go up against Michigan. Now you're going to be dealing with USC, UCLA, Oregon, uh, Washington. Mm -hmm. Now in the in the Big Ten, that's going to be pretty tough. I mean, I think he knows how to do that since he, of course, he coached in the Pac-12 for years, but. This might not be a good hire, but again, we'll see about that. Uh, the, back to Oregon. I think Oregon may have an outside shot if you know they're playing very well. And uh, Washington, yeah, they've been battle tested, but they haven't looked good the last few weeks. So for me, I think we'll, we'll talk about the Oregon Washington uh, Pato title game you know, coming up on 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 Friday. But uh, mm -hmm. for me, I think Oregon. If I had if you had to tell me which team that I think would win between Oregon and Washington, I probably would say Oregon just because they've been playing better lately. But you know, that's just me. Uh, Texas, you know, gained a spot in the Big 12 title game. They beat uh, Texas Tech, you know, 57 to 7. Uh, the fighting Mike Brothers, as we call them here, uh, Mizzou, uh, they dominate Arkansas 48-14. Uh, and uh, you, you got to, you know, look, I think Mizzou, you know, after a pretty tough showing, you got to give Eliah Drinkwich uh, credit. He's been able to kind of build that program up. And uh, Cody Schrader, who you guys have, yeah, we talked about the last you know, a couple weeks back. Uh, he rushed for 217 yards, uh, you know, and, and a touchdown. So, you know, I know uh, Coach Rickles has been, you know, lobbying for him to be uh, in the Heisman uh, race. He'll definitely get some running back uh, working for the race, but I don't know if he'll be in the, in the Heisman race, even though Mizzou is 10, 10 and 2. Yeah, like you mentioned with uh, Michael Penning's Jr., Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., real kids in that Michigan-Ohio State game in just a moment. But because of those names we just mentioned, like you said, Schrader's not going to get uh, Heisman consideration. But like you said, he'll probably be the top running back of uh, wherever the, uh, the awards are for the top running backs. He'll, he'll collect those uh, accolades. But give Missouri's quarterback uh, credit to Mr. Brady Cooklicking. I know his stats didn't mm -hmm. jump out at you last Friday, but he had two big – touchdown passes off 112 yards passing but uh, he hasn't done too bad this year at, at all either and I think he's one of one of the other reasons why the Missouri Tigers have had the success that they had this year you know very deserving of all the accolades and they finished number two by Georgia so uh, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> you know you got it can't really be a fault them too much uh for uh, that uh Iowa beat Nebraska 13-10 so if we took the over on that one uh you didn't have a good start to your weekend <laughs> Um, Penn State, no trouble. Michigan State, uh, Oklahoma did their try to do their job against uh, TCU, but uh, that didn't they're not, not all for now. We'll get to that why in a little bit. Georgia, no, I mean, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, like I said, this could be, I'm not gonna say it was gonna be a trap game for them, but you know, Georgia, you know, they they looked oh, they looked they looked they looked just enough to just enough to win the game against Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech's been you know pretty uh, pretty good like the last uh, few weeks, but uh, mm -hmm. I think Georgia showed you why you know they're kind of the class in that state rivalry. Um, going to the Michigan Ohio State game, uh, it'll be a really solid game. Michigan defense was able to kind of pull in late, uh, and after winning his first year with Ohio State, right has now lost three straight. Wonder what who's going to be this time. Uh, Kansas Michigan, of course, <laughs> you know, of course, acting head coach. Uh, the defense he just have to win this, they win that game. What did I say on this show last week, Lakina? I said it was going to come down to the quarterbacks, JJ McCarthy and Cal McCord. 
but it's going to come down to the defense of Michigan. And they played almost exactly what I predicted. Michigan did it just enough to win. The offense looked very good. Marvin Harrison Jr., I know Gus Johnson said on the broadcast on that last drive for Ohio State that the Buckeyes needed to get him the ball a little bit more. They did on that last drive. Kyle McCord, uh, after the first quarter, he did turn it around, but when it counted the most, he threw that critical interception. That's what uh, that's when the Michigan defense stepped up to, to pick him up and to hold on to win the game. Kyle McCord, uh, 271 yards passing, two touchdowns. That's impressive, but those two critical interceptions, that's – in my opinion, that's what cost Ohio State. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Michigan, you know, you know, stepped on it on the defensive side. So uh, they'll play Iowa on Friday for the Big Ten uh, title. Um, Washington, Washington State. I know you talked about this. They Washington need a mm-hmm. field goal to win. I mean, like like I said, I I really feel like Oregon has the edge here. At least I know Washington. You know, they kind of had to like grind out. That's what good teams do. But you can't afford. I know Oregon's mm-hmm. gonna want their revenge, especially because I know they felt like they let that game kind of slip away from them in their early season matchup back in October. But hey, we'll, okay, we'll talk more about this you know on Friday. But yeah, I think Washington. Like I said, if I had to choose between Oregon and Washington, I think I'd probably give Oregon the edge edge right now just because they've been playing better. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, I, I can see uh, people making making that point because of what ha- what's been happening the last few weeks. But like you said, Washington has the edge because they beat Oregon, a close one in their backyard back in early October. So they have the the important edge right there. As I said the last couple of weeks, Lakina, I'll say it here and I'll repeat it again on Friday when when the Pac-12 championship would take place on ABC from Las Vegas. Whoever wins this game between Oregon and Washington, they're going to clinch the fourth and final playoff spot in the college football playoff. We already know that the the first three spots are pretty much locked up with, with Michigan, Ohio State, uh, in, in Georgia. But whoever wins between Oregon and Washington on Friday, now that team is going to the college football playoff, and that's it. All right, but oh, there's a team in Tallahassee that may have something to say about that. I mean, they needed uh, a little bit of a miracle here, but Florida State did beat Florida again, 24-15. And, and look, I know they're undefeated. I know Danny uh, Cannell's been very you know, adamant about his, his Knowles. I know he played, played QB for the Knowles back in the early 90s, but mm-hmm. I, I just they I just don't see you know even if they do beat Louisville on Saturday in the ACC championship game, not having Jordan Travis, I think that's going to play a little bit of a part. There's a reason why they. You know, they were not down to spots after that injury you know, to Travis mm-hmm. on uh, last week. Uh, Tate uh, Ronmaker Ron had 134 yards. Um, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't really play too well. I mean, Trey Benson was really the story here, the way back for Florida State, three uh, rushing TDs and 96 rushing yards. It was really, you know, they really needed like some little bit of a miracle to kind of, you know, pull that game, this game off against Florida. So I think for me, if you're a Florida State, you need a lot of stuff to happen to, you know, take care of your busiest loop, but you need other stuff to happen in front of you to try to, you know, get into that, put, sink into that, uh, that last playoff spot. Yeah, I've been pumping up Jordan Travis the last few weeks. Unfortunately, you know, good luck to him recovering from that injury. It was very ugly to see. But like you said, Lakina, around this time of year, uh, we we see who are the real contenders, who are the pretenders. And Florida State's been there all year. Just that uh, no time is a good time for injuries to occur. But this has been – you couldn't ask for a worse time for an injury to a major player to happen than what happened to Florida State's uh, – a quarterback. Now their defense really carried the day, as you mentioned, uh, barely beating Florida. But uh, you know they're still going to be on their psyche come, uh, like I said, uh, this coming Saturday for the ACC championship game. But 
uh, Florida, unfortunately, for for because of the injury, for, for unfortunate circumstances, I think they're going to be kept locked out of the uh, college football playoff. I don't and like it either, but I think that's what's yeah. going to end up happening. Yeah, and I know some people may not like that, Danny Cannell, but I think that's probably what's going to be in the case here, especially <laughs> if his favorite team is up for somehow sticking in uh, Alabama, and you know, fourth and thirty-one. Uh, to uh, beat the be, uh, beat the Auburn Tigers, Jalen Marose, uh four for thirty-one TD pass to uh, Bond Isaiah Bond as a friend that's what's on the telecast. That's actually pretty uh, pretty uh, well played there. Uh, as time you know, with about thirty-three seconds left, uh, help them. I wouldn't even put this in the category. I know the kicks his kicks his anniversary just happened like a couple of days ago. Kind of was already been already been ten years you know, by Chris Davis uh, going one hundred one yards the other way for mm-hmm. Auburn. I think for me, like Hugh Freeze, you're a defensive coach. What are you doing? What are you doing with only rushing three guys? What were you doing there? <laughs> like seriously, too. I mean, I think Auburn, you know, really, you know, kicked themselves. And uh, and I know uh, to, to to Nick Saban's credit, he even said, "Hey, look, this is like the first time where this type of stuff actually went my way." So <laughs> he's actually pretty funny there. Uh, yeah. His post game comments, but. I mean, Auburn, I know this has been a bad season. This has been like oh, that kind of season for Auburn, unfortunately. They lose to New Mexico State at home, and then they lose a tough one there in their rivalry game in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, we mentioned Jalen Marone. He's been gaining confidence over the last month or so, and it showed there, especially on that last run, as you mentioned. He also led the team in rushing with 18 carries for 107 yards. And also, too, Jermaine Burton, uh, their star right receiver, he stepped up big with four big catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. So, Alabama has it on the road right now, but if it wasn't for their loss to Texas at home early in the season, they could release realistically make a case for the to participate in the college football player. But I don't think it's going to happen for them this year either. Should be an interesting one between uh, them and Georgia coming up. Uh, Louisville uh, loses Kentucky for the third straight year in their little uh, bluegrass uh, battle there. That would have that would have helped Florida State if they had won that game. They've been you know played each other, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, LSU beat uh, needed uh, well they they were down uh, at the half but they they were able to pull off against uh, Texas A and M. Um, you know Jaden Daniels. I know some people say he she, he could she be he should be in the Heisman, in the Heisman uh, uh you know driver's seat. Um, he had through for two hundred thirty five yards and four TDs. Um, he also had a well, well he rushed for one hundred twenty yards. I mean, I, I last few weeks, I mean, it, it wasn't the best competition, so that might play a little bit of a, a part there, but I'm sure he's going to get his New York invite. But uh, LSU, I mean, you know, they look pretty good. I mean, they may be going to a New York Six Bowl. We'll see. Yeah, if you're the, the trustees and the boosters up there at LSU, you think they should put a little bit more pressure on Brian Kelly. They the, LSU's been uh, – they're always known for having, having talented teams, but uh, with the likes of – Alabama and of course Missouri. Now, what they've been doing the last couple of years, staying in their way. You think UCLA will do much better, but they'll be tested next year because Texas and Oklahoma are going to join their conference. So you will hope that that that's that Brian Keller will step up his recruiting to get better talent in there. Because yeah, even though they're nine and three this year, they're part finished with an, another double digit win season. But mm-hmm. just for me, from an outside perspective, you think they'll be a little bit better than this. Yeah, they think they would be. I mean, that's they just lost me. a, they lost a, lost a tough one to Florida State early on. Had another couple other bad losses. They could, they should have lost to Missouri. Sorry, Mike Berman. Uh, they probably should have lost that <laughs> game. You know, Jaden Dale, especially Jaden Dale's got banged up, but was able to come back and win it for him. So yeah, I mean, they. I don't want to say they looked into you know a nine and two record, but I kind of feel like they kind of did. So uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. 
and what happens there. Uh, Arizona beat Arizona State. Notre Dame, no trouble with Stanford. K-State uh, beat I Oh, Iowa State beat K-State. That's a thriller there. That was a, an exciting game. You know, all you old school Big 12. Uh, <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Just a, a lot of scoring there. I know the basketball teams don't, they don't have conference play yet. Uh, Oklahoma State needed double overtime, but they beat BYU. Now they play Texas on Saturday for the Big 12 title. Um, Tennessee uh, beats uh, Vanderbilt. Clemson finishes strong. Uh, they beat uh, South Carolina in their rival in their annual rivalry uh, game, sixteen to seven. Liberty no trouble with Utah. Purdue got the old Oakland bucket back. Uh, they you know keep it you know for another third straight year. They beat Indiana. Shout out to Chris Foster's with a call of that game. And uh, Duke no trouble with uh, Pittsburgh, but they lose their coach. Uh, he's going to Texas A&M after Mike Stoops decided to uh, turn the job down there, the coach of Kentucky. So uh, that was a interesting sequence there and uh that's pretty much about it for uh for that i mean uh illinois loses a tough one to northwestern that actually was a pretty exciting game uh wisconsin beat minnesota uh could be a pj flavor get his pink seven lake card and um that's it uh ucla uh, well cal beat ucla 33 to 7 Ooh, maybe maybe chip kelly's back in the hot seat again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I pretty much think so. Uh, back to uh, locally in college uh, football, Northern Illinois, the Huskies finished their yeah. uh, regular season uh, five and three in the MAC, but six and six overall. They beat Kent State thirty-seven to twenty-seven on the road. You know, you mentioned with uh, Northwestern having seven wins on the year. Uh, Utah finishes strong at home, as we predicted. They beat Colorado. Deion Sanderson crew. Uh, 23-17, Utah finishes the, the year 8-4, and 5-4 and four in Pac-12 play. Colorado 4-8, and 1-8 eight, and eight in the Pac-12. As we said before, we'll say it again, Deion Sanders and it uh, looks like maybe uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Warren Sapp maybe joining his staff to help recruit some players for next year. Uh, let's, let's, we talked about this before, Lakina, we'll say it again for Colorado. We really didn't think they were going to do anything this year. They have three more wins than they did a year ago. Deion Sanders has been the talk of the college football world, especially early on with that upset win over TCU. He's brought attention back to that program. I think they'll get better next year, but they have a lot of work to do. Definitely, and we'll see if they. I know they got. Uh, uh, I, th- I know they got one of the top running backs in the country. Um, I, I don't have his name kind of escapes me right now. Um, he's going to Colorado. We'll see, you know, especially with the NIL, especially with all of the conference uh, realignments. You know, they're going back to the Big 12. So we'll just see how that affects recruiting, yeah. especially. So uh, that's going to be interesting, to, you know, to see what happens uh, there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, as we get into uh, championship weekend um, in college football, I mean, there's, like I said, there's still a lot to be decided in some of these uh some of these uh with these conference championships so uh, yeah i mean the, could there be chaos you know could we see some type of you know we're maneuvering so well, weird things happen and you know championship weekend so again yeah, we'll get we'll get really deep into it on friday but yeah i, I kind of feel like you know what this could decide a lot of things i think maybe it's just me it was more anticipation for a championship saturday last year because it was a little bit more chaos than than uh, entering this year but as I said before, Lakina, I'll say it again, the winner between Oregon and Washington on Friday. Like I said, we'll uh, give you a full preview coming up on our next show on Friday. But I think the winner of that game will clinch the fourth playoff spot uh, in, the, uh, in the college football playoff. Let's just say even if Georgia loses to Alabama, which I don't see happening, but let's just say they did. Uh, Georgia's still good, okay? Michigan, 
I think their second spot is, is wrapped up. Ohio State, their spot is wrapped up. So, uh, like I said, it's going to come down to that Pac-12 title game. What happens in the others on the following day, uh, uh, I don't think it will matter as much, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I know Texas, I know people in Texas feel like they may have an outside shot, but a lot has happened in front of them in order to uh, – for that, I know they beat Alabama, so that gives them a little bit of an edge there. So if they should you know, beat Oklahoma State and win the Big 12, and even if Alabama does somehow upset Georgia, Texas can say, hey, look, we beat y'all early this year. So, you know, for us, I mean, that might be, you know, that gives them the edge there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, there could be there could be some chaos. I mean, that's still a lot to be decided. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, like I said, we'll, deep, we'll, we'll dive deeper into this on Friday. But uh but uh, yeah, I mean, as well as I can see, sports, uh, sports, we got Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown, uh, with you. A uh, little college hoops talk for you, uh, real quick. You know, we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet uh, there. But uh, you know, um, Purdue is now the new number one in men's hoops after uh, winning the uh, Maui Invitational, beating Marquette and Duke to do it. So uh, you know, that's a nice win for Zach Eady and the rest of that gang. Like I said, I'm personally cheering for Purdue. I think after what happened last year, losing to Fairy to Fairly Dickinson. Um, I, I think they really want that need a chance. I know they're on a mission, so that should be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, there. Uh, some, uh, you know, so like I said, UIC had a, a nice showing at a tournament down in the, in the, in the Bahamas. Uh, yeah, I think it was in the Bahamas, uh, losing to Greensboro in the in the, in the, uh, the title game. That was really cool. Uh, but you know, again, you know, FAU. I think, like I said, they made they really they were really close to going to the Final Four last year. So they're they're all those players are back. You know, they're sending a message this year that, hey, look, this is, we're not a fluke. We're here to stay. So, uh, but it really, uh, UConn's been, you know, they, they, you know, I think people are forgetting that they just won a national, they're the defending champions. They're undefeated. They're 6 and 0. But I think you're Danny Hurley. You're, you're okay with that. So, but, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, well, you're, or I know you haven't had a chance to watch some college shoes, but uh, really quick, though, we have some of your early impressions, I guess, after what you have seen. Yeah, you mentioned <clears throat> UConn, and we talk about this with college football. We'll bring it here. We'll, I know we'll get into more as um, the um, schedule really kicks off uh, next month for college basketball. You know, that's how when I really get into it. But uh, the uh, not the uh, NIL rule, which is important too, but the transfer portal. We talk about the effect mm-hmm. of, how it's affected on college bas- uh, college football. It's really affected college basketball as well with all the <clears throat> parity. Excuse me, parity has been going on for the last few years. UConn can be there uh, again, Lakina. You talk about Kansas having pressure on them with Bill Self this year. Uh, that, that's going to be uh, ramped up. Uh, I'll take it back here locally. Uh, Brad Underwood and the final line uh, that team should have been uh, advanced, advanced in the NCAA tournament last year with all that talent they had. I'm putting the pressure mm-hmm. on him and that uh, program this year. Well, you mentioned with the UIC, can they finally get over the hump? Shout out Jay Hood. Hope we can get them on this program down the road. But mm-hmm. maybe USC can make one of those uh, underrated schools here in the state of Illinois that can uh, get into the dance. Uh, Missouri Valley Conference, we talked about Illinois State. Uh, can they mm-hmm. make it through Southern Illinois? The, um, Southern mm-hmm. Illinois almost uh, made it to the big dance last year. Northwestern in our backyard in Evanston. Uh, they made it back to the NCAA tournament last year. Can they make it back to back years? I believe for the first time, in, if not in a long time, the first time in, in school history, make it back to back years in the NCAA tournament. Let's see what Chris Collins and his squad can do. 
Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think they got a game tomorrow talking about uh, Northwestern, and I, I think Southern Illinois plays Indiana State. I think tomorrow that's the start of Missouri Valley Conference play for them. So that's a mm-hmm. that should be a fun one. Also, Miami uh, faces Kentucky. That should be a good one there tomorrow as well. So yeah, we're already getting like some big you know good games you know, already early on uh, this uh, you know this this juncture and then college football uh, college who as you know college football season is starting to end. We're getting ready for college shoes as you know, like I said, some, 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 not all, but some uh teams have are about to start conference play. I know Villanova's looked really good too so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they play St. Joe's uh on Wednesday for their big five uh matchup there. So yeah, I think there's some interesting uh storylines, you know, uh, to keep an eye on if you're the college, if you're the college hoop side. Now, Michigan State, like I said, they struggled early on. So we'll see. I mean, I think Purdue's on a mission. I know if you if you heard Zachy's comments, like they they're they're laser focused, they're ready to go. So yeah, it should be fun coming up in this next one before conference play starts for the most of the so like the main uh like the main conferences anyway. And also too, hopefully Juwan Howard in Michigan can uh, have mm-hmm. a strong start to the season and get back to the dance. I ain't forgot yeah. about you, Juwan. Chicago's very own. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff on the Memphis. I, I think they were in Charleston for that one of the holiday tournaments there. I know they had a uh, pretty rough showing. Uh, there too. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think there's still plenty of time for some of these teams. You know, they're have had like rough starts to kind of get it going. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see what some of these teams do. We'll keep, like I said, we'll keep, we'll, we'll talk more college shoes, I guess now that especially with um with uh, like I said, college bat, college football ending and college who's about to you know get into full full gear. So uh, should be interesting. Yes, it should be interesting. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition. See, Lakina here with us. We wrap up uh, the program for uh, today. Lakina, any last minute thoughts before we have the abbreviated edition of Old School TD Monday? I mean, uh, a lot of offense and uh, hockey, and I think there were like 12, like on Saturday, like 12 teams won uh, road games. <laughs> so on Friday or Saturday, <laughs> I think that's like, that's kind of crazy how that, how that kind of played out there. But, uh, I mean the Hawks. I mean they they you know they you know they actually had a little bit of ever. I know I know some of Corey Perry. Uh, we'll we'll get one. We will get into that. Cause that's like like I said, Google's your friend there. But uh, the Blackhawks mm-hmm. have actually looked looked actually looked okay the last couple of games. I know like you know they haven't you know won, but we're not really expecting them to do anything. So I think like, as long as your Connor Bedard is getting better, so the guys around him have actually been pretty good too. So I mm-hmm. think for me, I think that's really what I'm looking for with, with the Blackhawks. That's just me. Yeah, like I said, Corey Perry is going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, uh, with a serious injury. You, you mentioned their last two games. I know they lost a tough one to the Blues yesterday, 42, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the Black Friday game against uh, Toronto, uh, they swept, I think it's the first time in a long time they swept. Two, yeah, two games, uh, yeah they, yep. swept two, they swept the Toronto Maple Leafs, the original six opponent. Uh, they mm-hmm. beat them in overtime uh, on Friday. So uh, this is what you're going to expect from a young team for the Blackhawks uh, this year. I know that, uh, we talked about it before the season started that They'll have a couple more prospects they're expected to make their de- debuts at some point uh, this year. But uh, the foundation has really started uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team. And uh, they still have a long way to go. But unlike last year where you didn't have anybody, you have somebody to look forward to, to watching. That's Connor Bedard. And I'm sure Toronto's very happy they don't have to play them anymore. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll, <laughs> they're, 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 I'm sure they're fine with that. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, – you know, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, well, you know, the NHL, you know, they're they're in full swing too. So that know that um yeah, so we'll like I said, we'll we'll see what happens with some of the, the games. Like I said, we'll we'll talk more about that as the season goes on, you know, hockey, I mean. 
All right. Let's wrap up today's show by uh, doing uh, around this time. We're going to do an abbreviated edition of Old School TV Monday. Lakina, let's go back to the era of the 1980s first run syndication. Uh, we'll salute the city of Philadelphia and salute the old school TV sitcom Bustin' Loose. That's ah, right. You remember the movie? Yes, I do. Back in 1981 with Richard Pryor. This TV show starring Jimmy J.J. Walker was based off the 1981 film. The show ran in first-run syndication from September 19, 1987 until May 28, 1988. Jimmy Walker starred as Sonny Barnes, a former con artist who was caught by the authorities and sentenced to five years of community service. He was placed in the home of a social worker, Mimi Shaw, who lived with four orphans, Rudy, Trish, Nikki, and Sue Ann. Sonny lived in the basement and worked around the house doing odd jobs. Meanwhile, the kids all loved listening to Sonny's uh, often exaggerated tales. And in every episode, Sonny Barnes tried to pull the scheme to help make money. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, well, that was hilarious. Yeah, well, the movie, the movie was good. I mean, the series was okay. It had its moments. But yeah, I think for mm -hmm. me, like I, I mean... I, I'm trying to remember like a, a episode that kind of stood out, but uh, yeah, I remember the theme song. It was actually you know pretty catchy, and uh, yeah, it came on. I think at about like a like like three thirty or four o'clock whenever on WGN, whenever there was no uh, Cubs game. So that yes. was actually, yes, yeah, it that did. Was actually, yes, yeah. So uh, during the springtime, so that was actually uh pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it only lasted I think like two years. I think uh, one season. Yeah, one season. Yes, yeah, so one season. Oh yeah, it might be like half a season, but yeah, I mean. You know, but it, it was okay for what it was. Like I said, it was actually pretty catchy. Like I said, it was, uh, you know, definitely like the movie was definitely was better than the TV series. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm glad they actually did it just to kind of see like, okay, yeah, well, this is going to be an interesting, <laughs> interesting. Of course, it was actually Jimmy Walker's uh, a, a comeback attempt. Didn't work out, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, he of course, he played uh, Richard Pryor's character in that in that role so uh yeah i mean it was actually you know, it wasn't you know too bad i just wish it kind of well if, if there would be more character development with the other with the kids and such i mean that would it, like you know it probably would have lasted longer but uh yeah it was okay not not the not the best tv series but it was okay for what it was yeah and and larry o williams jr who played rudy the the nerdy kid mm -hmm. he was steve yes. urkel in terms of the look before steve urkel yeah, he was definitely yeah, yeah, he was definitely Steve Urkel before Steve Urkel was a thing. So that yeah. was actually, a, you know, you, you you wonder if that was Jaleel White. Yo, happy birthday to him! I know he just uh just celebrated birthday. I'm talking about Jaleel. Down. I wonder if uh, yes. Larry O'Wilson's character, you know, uh, Ruddy Rudy, uh, was that sort of loose? Did he get, get some inspiration from that? So uh, yeah, that was actually a end up being a, a, okay. But yeah, I mean, you know, Aaron Laura played Nikki uh, Robinson. Uh, Tyra Perry played uh, Trish Regan. Um, they were so there were some of the kids, uh, some of the orphans that that they that they took care of that uh, took that uh, Jimmy's care to Slade took care of. But yeah, it was actually you know like it was actually kind of cool, kind of catchy. But like I said, like I just wish it lasted longer. But I can kind of look go back to some of those episodes. I kind of there's a couple on YouTube, so I can kind of see why the show didn't last yes. long. But but you know, like I said, the theme song was pretty catchy. If nothing else, <laughs> yeah. And that theme song was done by the Motown group, the Four Tops. Didn't know that. Oh well. Yeah. What'd you say? Yes. Oh, you know that either? <laughs> I didn't know that either until I did my ah. research and I started watching the uh, episodes. I, was, uh, I actually did a, if you follow me on Instagram at SidKid80, someone put up a post like, you remember this TV show? And I read the post like, that theme song was done by uh, the late Eugene Levy, who was the uh, lead singer of the Four Tops. Like, Four tops, that's yeah. right, that voice does sound familiar. Yeah, so like I said, it was a catchy theme song. 
Uh, it was done by the Eugene Levy of the Four Tops. And like you say, it was on locally here in Chicago on WGN. And it was picked up for on the USA Network at the time in 1989. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they aired it, yeah, it for like a year, on, like two years on USA before. Mm-hmm. I think the ratings were, because unfortunately the ratings didn't do well here on syndication here in Chicago. They put it on USA. It wasn't you know very good there either. So uh, that's why the show ended. But yeah, I, I actually liked a couple of the episodes. Like I, I couldn't think of, I couldn't give you an episode out of the top of my head, but I know there was like about 25 or 26, which, uh, which was back then. It was a long season back then. That's what mm-hmm. actually the norm you know, for syndicated shows. So, yeah. But, you know, look, I'm glad that you know, we're giving it a little bit of love today. Yeah, right, so our old school TV Monday salute is the 1980s, 1988 uh, uh, sitcom, the syndication sitcom, and Loose. Makina, take us home. You can follow me Kenna McGee on the Twitter, X and Kenna McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sidney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. I think I didn't mention this. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make sure you catch Second City Sports Live in the 11 Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, exclusively on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. Catch Second City Sports Live in the 11 Color. Every Monday, every Friday, live from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. All right. Of course, you can catch Sports on Chicago anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. Just go to the Roku TV app, you know, wherever you get your apps on the on your respective Play Store. Type in our, you know, Roku, t- type in Sports on Chicago. You can catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas. What's up, cuz? I know you know, should be in a good mood uh, tonight if they're doing their show tonight about the Dolphins. But uh, look, you can catch all, any of the shows anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. All right, Lakina, finish this out. All right, stay warm out there, folks, and be safe. You know, just be good to each other and enjoy all the sports um, going on right now. Of course, you got you know, NBA, uh, NHL, college hoops, and so much more. So uh, make sure you guys check it out in that time of year, folks. For Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Duh, Bears, holla! <laughs>